Benfica Podcast is one of the founding members of Benfica Independent. Benfica Independent is an independent platform made by fans for fans. And in it, you can find our podcast, along with many other podcasts, along with articles of opinion, video segments, and much, much more. We're also on Patreon at patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent with exclusive contents for our Patreons. Hasta que no estás aquí dentro no sabes la grandeza de, de este equipo. Sí, es un club que tiene una grandeza que no se comprende si no estás aquí dentro. Son de una magia única, benfiquista. Son nos sentimos así. Por muchos desgustos que podamos tener, valores más altos se levantan. O valor mais alto que se levanta em termos futebolísticos chama-se Benfica. Quero o Benfica intimidar o adversário. Quero o um manto sagrado entrar com vocês em qualquer estado. E estados, pá! É isso que eu quero! Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Doll Befica podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumasas, coming with you every uh, every week with the latest and greatest in Benfica land. With me, as always, Cristiano Oliveira. What's up, Cristiano? What's up, Alfredinho? How are you today, my friend? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing a lot better. You know, there's some days are better than others, but things could always be worse. And uh, I'm excited to be back here on the podcast with you today. Obviously, missing. The great 870-087, but uh, <laughs> you and I will try to represent him well. Yeah, let us know uh, how the sound is because we had some technical difficulties with the sound, and I want to make sure that uh, that's coming in through all right. Diogo Rey is already in the chat saying, what's up? What's going on? Episode 461, we'll, we're gonna, what we're going to do is we're going to bundle up the PSG game in, into one recap. <laughs> I understood bundle up the PS5 game. I thought you were giving away, a, you know, a bundle in the... In the What's going on with <laughs> PS5? Can people still get PS5s yet? Or can, can they already get PS5s? Or is I don't know. Difficult? I'll tell you, I went, I went crazy, you know, as you know, to get mine. And I don't think I've turned it on in like the last six months or seven months. So uh, I'm not feedback, sure. Diogo, uh, Diogo says. Uh, let me see if we could adjust some stuff here. Um, it should be okay should be okay but let us know uh anyway 461 we're gonna bundle up the ps ps5 as cristiano <laughs> mentioned uh we're also gonna recap the rewab game and uh we're gonna uh look ahead to the portuguese cup match against caldish you know alfredo i i think i think we need to have a meeting the meeting of the brains here on the bifiga podcast I, I think we we're gonna need to especially now with Games, what seems like every three, four days, right? We need to maybe start doing two podcasts a week. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the listeners will tell us if they like that or not. Because I'm, I'm still on a high from yesterday's game, and, and I completely forgot we still haven't even talked about last week's game. And then, plus, we, we, we maybe have to reconsider things, Alfredo. Yeah, how's uh, how's my sound uh, 
coming in because I'm not seeing any any measures on my sound. Uh, you sound good to me on my headphones, but I don't no, know about it, the... You know, that was the, the issue that uh, we were having before. Oh, that sounds, sounds good. Sounds fine. Sounds fine. All right, let's go. My sound. You sound good to me. Oh, no, I sound terrible. But that's... I don't know. Yeah. No, you sound fine. I don't sound fine. You don't sound fine? No, I don't sound fine. What do you sound like? Uh, Robo, a little, little bit of static in the end. Little Robo copish. Yeah, I think that uh, sometimes yeah. it's the problem of doing this through Zoom. I think that Zoom is not really... It doesn't play nice with uh, OBS. I don't know. Um, but anyway. Then again, I mean, listen. As long as you sound fine, right? That's all that everybody's here to listen to is you because... So the crustaceans, and if it sounds like a robot, I'll blame it on the sound. That's not what I meant to say. I just blame it on the quality of the sound. That's it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's a it's a little it's a little weird on my side, but it might just be because uh, I don't know. Oh, here we go. All right, that's better. It's just the microphone wasn't next to me. That sometimes <laughs> happens. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna do the Marco Paulo thing. I don't know. Diogo came in here. He bounced. He never. He hasn't. He hasn't said. Yeah, he back. said the sound was good, and then he uh, he just bounced. He sound sound was good. There was a little voice. bit of feedback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alfredo, normally, um, I don't know if they taught you this, but yeah, the microphones they go in front of your mouth. <laughs> you know, just... unless it's a boom mic, then uh, those go over your head. Over your mouth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, um, so let's talk about this uh, PSG PSG uh, double fixture, right? Uh, a, a game that we uh, they we looked at with, with great anticipation, obviously with uh, with PC, PSG having the, the level of talent that uh, that they did, and but I think that um, I, I I think that overall we, we we behaved pretty good, or we we showed pretty good, and and I was listening to uh, the Benfica Independent uh, recap of of the game. And uh, João Nuno was, uh, brought something up uh, that that, well. that kind of resonated. Uh, well, it wasn't João Nuno. It was uh, João Paulo. Sorry. Um, oh, either way, that's why I went with João. You never go wrong with João. <laughs> yeah, but the the thing was that um, he was saying, and Cristiano, you could you you could agree with this or, or disagree, obviously. But he was saying that. This type of level of Benfica and attitude and posture against uh, a big team in Europe wasn't shark. wasn't uncommon for us to see when we grew up in the 80s. Benfica Agreed. was never afraid to play any team. And when you look at this team and the way they behaved through both legs of PSG, granted there were some moments in the game where PSG was above and Benfica was was equally above in other other moments. I think that this is a game that you kind of look at and you, you kind of you could find some parallels to the Benfica that we grew up uh watching in the eighties, Cristiano. And I know that a lot of our audience is, is much younger than, than us. Well not much, much, but certainly didn't see Benfica in the eighties when Benfica played Roma, when Benfica would go and, and play Bayern Munich and those big teams. And in terms of the posture, and we never really saw Benfica with their tail between their legs playing these teams. And when you look at this fixture, and some people say, oh, it's the worst PSG in the past five years. It's just, like, it. yeah. just like they've said about Barcelona and, and Juventus, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah, and, and it kind of 
Jean Paul said that and it kind of resonated with me. You know what? You're right because it's been a long, long time since I've seen a Benfica team that goes into a game of this magnitude against the team with this level of talent that is just eye to eye, very confident in their abilities. And, and what do you think? No, continue. It's finished. Come on, you no, it, it, I was going to go into another another thing. So if you want to riff a little bit on that. but you No, know, what I was going to say is I, I remember <laughs> vividly uh, when I started making my regular appearances here on the podcast, you enjoyed my rent, my rants so much that you even tried at one point to come up with a segment, which was the Chris Tensio uh, Tens rants, right? Yeah. And one of them rants that I used to go off on all the time was, yo, Benfica's Benfica, if you recall, right? Yeah. Benfica, yo, come out, play, stop being wussies and, and, and don't play like you're afraid, you know, show them that you're Benfica. And like a lot of what you just said, a lot of what João Paulo said, and rightfully so in my opinion, about the way that Benfica used to play and the way that you, we feel that at least right now, that's the way they're approaching things, right? And it's just a, a, such a you know a f- breath of fresh air because this is what we've all been hollering about for years. And look, we lose, but we try to play for what we haven't lost, thankfully. But if we lose, at least go down fighting. You know what I mean? Don't pull none of this Fernando Santos crap. We're just sitting back and hoping for a miracle, right? Benfica, at least now, is trying to... Yes, they're, they've been responsible on the defensive end, but they try to come out. They try to uh, play football. They try to apply pressure on the opposition. They try to, to create opportunities. And it's just, it's beautiful, man. Like, you know, this is what I thought, and, and I, I don't even want to mention this guy's name, but our previous coach, I thought that's what he was bringing back to our club when he came back for a second time around. And obviously, that all went downhill real quick. But this guy, Roger Schmidt, the attitude that he's brought onto this club the belief that he's brought onto this club. He's got these players playing against the likes of Mbappe, Neymar, Lionel Messi, Sergio Ramos, Marquinhos, Donnarumma, and these guys don't look for a second like they're shell-shocked, don't look for a second like they're intimidated. They understand. I'm pretty sure that everybody looks at themselves in the mirror and say, you know, yeah, Messi's a better player than I am, but tomorrow – or, you know, whatever, like the night before, right? But tomorrow, they're going to get a piece of me. And that's exactly what Benfica did. And in this one first, in, in the first game at the Stadio de Luz, at the risk of, of 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 getting, you know, tomatoes thrown at me, because obviously, <laughs> and I love it, by the way, all, all you guys in the chat and everybody that listens to the podcast, man, Alfredo, myself, and Dave, man, we couldn't be uh, happier. And thank you guys more often for the support that you guys are giving us throughout the year. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep bringing it on, bro. If you, if you disagree with us, hit us up on Twitter the whole night. I love it. This is, the, this is my favorite part about doing podcasting is the fact that we get to interact with everyone else. But at the risk of, of, of getting tomatoes thrown at me on Twitter, right, uh, I'm going to say that if Benfica had, and I'm not going with. And that's where I was going to, that was going to, that's where I was going to lead okay. you into next. But okay. you could go ahead. No, but I mean, since I'm, since I already got the umbrella out to, to defend myself from the tomatoes, I might as well just <laughs> go ahead and finish it. Um, if Benfica had a legit striker, and I'm not even going with Jonas, I'm not going with, with a world class. I'm talking about a guy who is a finisher, a guy that can play with his back to the goal, able to hold on to the ball, let his teammates come to him, build up play. Benfica wins that first game easily. 
And it's crazy to sit here and say that because Benfica in the first half absolutely created the better chances. They had a couple of chances in the second half as well that were just like, wow. Uh, one of them was Rafa, and we'll get to all that, but we all know <laughs> what Rafa's limitations are in the offensive end. But again, this is a club that is playing football, man, and we love it. We love it. And I have a good friend of mine, Alfredo. Let me tell you this quick story, and then you can carry on. I have a good friend of mine on, on, on one of my chats, um, Benfica chats. You might have heard of him, Alfredo Fumasas. He says in the chat that Roger Schmidt, has brought back that pride that Benfica players and fans have had but have been lacking for some time now. He's brought that back. And it's not when, when – and, and I understood exactly what you say. You know, when we talk about brought back brought back pride, look, I think all – every single one of us Benficistas were, you know, pride, we're proud, and we have that pride of being a Benficista. No one – it never left. But now – this is the type of football. This is the type of club. This is the type of coaching and players and dedication and attitude and style. This is what we've always wanted to see for years now. And he's brought all that back. Yeah. No, I I I, I agree with you. The the Ramos thing and and I I remember we're in a chat. It's it's you and I and, and Steve and Peggy and, and Marco, Marco. Uh, and you know we usually shout out to those boys. It usually comes alive during during games where we just you know we talk about and discuss games. Uh, but I completely agreed. I agreed with you that had we had somebody that's a little bit more competent than 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 Ramsh, uh, that would make us a real competitor in, in this competition right because of the, the style Diogo's that we play. big echo i'm sorry Alfredo. Diogo's saying in the chat big echo from both of us okay yeah no no nick baladon saying the same thing i don't listen guys alfredo's the guy to blame he's the guy in the controls yeah i don't know uh exactly <laughs> what uh what i did there but uh is that echo just like something that's that's uh recent yeah, I guess they both said Diego says big echo, echo from both of you guys. And then Nick Valadon says, just so you guys know, there's an echo. All right, try to fix that just now. Um, but what I wanted to say about about Ramos is like, uh, and I was thinking about this this about this about last night as I'm watching the game, right? I think that, that maybe Ramos is the reason why, is the reason why it's part of our success, right? In terms Gonzalo of... Ramos, because there was another Ramos on the right, field. Gonzalo so Ramos. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> um, in terms of e, the high pressure, the high work rate, the closing down lanes on the first phase of construction, maybe he's, he's the perfect guy for this level in terms of when the team needs to defend and needs to press high. But in terms of... Um, a finishing when we need somebody to finish a ball out of two chances, we just don't have that forward. We just don't have that finisher. Or you could say, in terms of being your target man up top, he's not that guy. Unfortunately, right? Not yet, not yet. And then in the game against Pasfred, he pulls a rabbit out of a hat, and you're just like, "What the hell?" So he gives you those surprises at times. But in this one game, at least, you could tell if there was a guy with a little bit more technical ability in that game that. It, look, in what was the sixth minute, uh, Puto Silva gives a through ball to, to Gonzalo Ramos, and he gets to it. And I understand that Marquinhos did a hell of a job to get back and, and, and influence his, his, you know, his quick shot because I think he would like to take another touch or whatnot. But he's got to be smarter there. He's got to put his, his body in front of a ball. He can't just let Marquinhos come around. Marquinhos come from behind them, and they're both sprinting. You can't let the guy come around you and influence – 
your decision making with such ease. You gotta make the guy foul you at, at that point. So there's just look, it, it's there's no point to sit here and carry on and be critical of anybody. It's just that you know, if he could really did not make the most of their opportunities, Donnarumma, yeah. Alfredo. If it wasn't for him, that superpower team, right? That Mbappe is worth more than all of Benfica's roster combined. That superpower team, I, I have no doubt they would have gone into the half with a 3 1 deficit. Yeah. And he was a difference between Benfica going into the locker room, bleeding, and the big, mighty, you know, shark scratching themselves, you know, scratching their heads or whatnot for answers. And, and I think that Benfica did a hell of a job. You could tell right from the early onset. They were applying pressure all over the field. They were being smart of when and how to apply the pressure. And I think this, man, it's just, it's fantastic to see. I'm so happy that we're seeing this at this stage. We're talking about Benfica has now played four games in the Champions League and have not lost one. I mean, not too long ago, we were losing 5-1 to Basel. Or 5-1 or 5-0, I don't even remember. Five zero. It was ugly. It was. That's all I can yeah. remember. Exactly. <laughs> it was ugly, right? Uh, I mean, even closer, we didn't beat Paok to qualify for the Champions League. So things have been, you know, real cloudy. And now, man, this is just phenomenal to watch. Credit to whomever, uh, Ricosta, whomever, Ripedo Braz, or Coelho, whomever it was, that saw and realize and opted to go out and get this guy because this is it's just this phenomenal watch Alfredo. Yeah. No, I I um I completely agree, but I you know, playing in this competition you have to be as as clinical as possible. You have to put at least one of the two chances that you create if you want to compete with the big boys. And I think that that is the one thing that is missing in this Benfica team is that one true finisher that's going to put balls away he may not be able to do much else but he's going to put balls away the thing is that you know how does that affect now affect the way Benfica press a team like this right because Gonzalo comes with his work rate we know he's part of that press he's part Absolutely. of that success so I don't know it's it's kind of like a uh, pick your poison right you're going to are you going to pick a guy that's going to put balls away, but yet is going to be a weak link in that pressing process? Yeah, or... but Alfredo, let me interrupt you. But what? But why can't it be both? Why can't you it have can, a guy that puts the ball in the back? But of you got to find a guy like that. No, but I'm just saying, there's there's got to be somebody out there that that's a little bit better you know, finisher you... that could also apply pressure. It, it doesn't always have. It doesn't always have to be, you know, one or the other. Like, oh, the guy can't. You know, again, uh, at the end of the day. <laughs> it, it, it brings him back to Man United last year, and everybody complained about Ronaldo and his press pressing ability. And yet, the guy's leading the team in goals. At the end of the day, without scoring yeah. goals, you ain't winning games. But that being said, I mean, look, why can't you get a guy that 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 puts the ball in the back of the net and is a little, you know, agile with a little aggression? A guy that 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 does his pressing. Look, a guy that just let Benfica last uh, this offseason, Darwin Nunez. Score yeah. goals and he's still able to apply pressure. I, I, I understand I it's think a different that, horse. Yeah, we we win that game with Darwin Darwin Nunez is uh, is on the field. But you know what? What it kind of comes to mind when I'm thinking about a guy that was a, a very good goal scorer and a guy that chased every ball, Lisandro Lopes. I don't know if you oh, remember Leech. him. Yeah, from Porto, from Porto, of course. Right. He went to Lyon. That, that guy was yeah. he was yeah, yeah, he course. never never stopped and he could finish. I think that yeah. uh, I'm thinking about Lietzen too. He played it until he was too, like 40, right? bro. I'm thinking I'm about Lietzen, who was probably a guy that chased down shit like that too. I don't know. 
Maybe Lietzen, not so much, but definitely Lisandro Lopez was the guy. So, that there's did plenty that. of guys. There's plenty of guys that have that garra. You know, normally those those Argentinians, those Uruguayos, they got that garra. They got yeah. that attitude. Look at Luis, even Luis Suarez, Cavani. Those guys, when it's yeah. time to press and time to to move their butts, they do exactly that. They're like um, wild dogs out there. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm just thinking about um, if we go anywhere in uh, in in January for a guy like that to you complete have the to, team at this point, uh, unless unless he miraculously the uh, look he develops between now and then, or Enrique Araujo just takes the next step that you know they use giant step like like Antonio Silva has done or. Pinho, another one that the guy just rediscovers his magic from this Maritimo days. Benfica has to go ahead and get a guy. I've always felt, even you know that, at the beginning of the season, Gonzalo Ramos is my second striker I could live with. I just couldn't live with him as a, as a starter. And in the Portuguese league against Pasfreira, Riwabs of the world, Vizelas, that might be fine. But in these big game situations, he'll do a lot of good, but then there's also that side of them that will miss that opportunity. And again, that, that opportunity in the champions league and these big, big boy games, those opportunities come far, far and few. Right. Yep. yep. And, and, and you have, and, th- and th- that one opportunity might be the difference between winning a game and tying a game. So, um, again, not, I don't want to be critical of the kid. I don't want to yeah. be critical of the kid, but I, it's just I, that I, they have to do better. That's yeah. It. I, I, and I agree with you. I think that he's, Look, a, uh, he's a second guy, but we need to have somebody better. I think. Fred, I want to say what's up to, to all the beautiful people in the chat. And, I'm a little I'm a little confused. And even the ugly people. Sorry, guys. I mean, because some of you ugly folks. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for checking us out. Um, but our good friend here, Nick Nick Valadon, says, Boy Noit, great, great win last night. I mean, yeah, my New York Rangers, the, the New York Yankees won, but I, 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 I what I'm saying, I will they been thinking win a game it yesterday. Felt, it felt like a win. And that was the other thing that there was on uh, the Benfica Independent Schald uh, uh, was that, you know, Picado was saying that I'm not really in, in, the, in the habit of celebrating ties, but certainly due to the context, it almost feels like a, like a win. And especially with Juve not, not beating Maccabi. Okay, that was something that okay with a but draw still context, but still, I look Alfredo. We just talked about how Mbappe alone is worth more than the whole Benfica squad, right? But I never at no point did I feel that Benfica was being handled in both legs, right? It was there was that look. I I think I think for the for the most part in both games, I have to be fair. PSG control the play a little bit more. They, you know, they 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 created fantastic chances, but for no at no point was Benfica under fire. No. Do you get what I'm saying? And for that reason alone, right? And you take into a take into account the three, you know, clear, clear, clear chances of goal between Ners, Antonio Silva, and uh Gonzalo Ramos in yeah, the first, in the first half, game. right? Just in those the, three in opportunities. First half, first game. In the first game. When you look at those opportunities, and let's just say, okay, you put away two of the three. It feels like to me, we left something on the table. Yeah. So yeah, so I apologize. I love you and, and, and Nuno and everybody else. Shout out to Bayfica Independent, Bayfica FM. Guys are fantastic. Love you all. But to me, I'm not celebrating it because I felt like we could have 
with a little bit more, what's the word you guys use in Portland? Efficacia? Benfica could have won both games, which is crazy to say. Because coming in when the draw came out, like, yeah, but we're worried about Juve. Yeah. And now here we are playing Paris Saint-Germain eye to eye. And I left a little like, eh, yeah, I'm happy, obviously. Losing your winning, uh, okay, I'd rather, I mean, losing your tying, okay, I'd rather tie, yeah. I'd rather draw. But if I felt like maybe. But, just, but, just, but it's like you said, you know, know we, we were never really overwhelmed by, exactly. by PSG. Uh, but, but you're right, it, it kind of leaves a taste in your mouth where you feel we could have done better. And not so much in the second game, but the first game, certainly. And when you talk about that first half of the first game, Benfica just played way better uh, than, than PSG, that first mm -hmm. half. And I think the result at the half, regardless of us getting that own goal, is a fair result. And you could have maybe yes. you could have made the argument that Benfica could have been a little bit more fortunate and gotten two. Uh, but, but certainly I, I thought, uh, I thought that if he could play extremely well that first half in Lisbon, second they half did. was, was more PSG. It was more defending. Exactly. Right. PSG we, had more control and they created right. fantastic opportunities. Exactly. Mbappe, Mbappe bent one. He didn't bend it like Beckham, but he tried. Uh, Neymar bicycle kick off the crossbar. I mean, they did create chances, but it was never like. Eh, Papa, seems the key guys to me not on. They created all the time. No, because we had even that Rafa in the second half where he dribbles through everybody, then he shoots a straight at uh yeah at Donnarumma's balls. You know what I mean? Like, yo, we had chances. We I think Benfica, you look back at that game just solely on opportunities on goal. Forget everything else. I don't care about nutmegs and, and, and spirinets, whatever in the middle of the field. I'm talking about goal scoring opportunities, clear goal scoring opportunities. Benfica was the better team that day. In that department. Yeah. Yep. And so, again, I I, I, I said it before. I'm going to repeat it. I'm not celebrating no draw, bro. Because I, a draw is like, you recall last year when Benfica goes to play Roger Schmidt's PSV, right? And in, in the Champions League, whatever, whatever it was. And Verissim gets a red card. And, and Benfica defended for the lives. Having won the first game at the start of the lose, then they, I believe they drew that game, if I don't recall, secondhand in PSV. Um that's a, that's a draw to celebrate because that draw allowed you to to advance. Yeah, that but draw it, you, you was for you, for you for you But you could also you, you could also make the argument that this draw last night left you at the door. It, it left you at the mercy of your own results. Yes. Yeah, it left you in the you know, but left you very very close. Where you, what do you need one point? To, to clinch but but anyway um second game uh a little same same story uh without the all the chances then the second game there were a lot less chances in the second game for both teams uh and i've you know donnarumma was very active in the first game in the second game uh i think maybe if he made one or two chances and one or two saves that was about it vlakodimus wasn't that active either i think that uh, both teams in the second game locked in um, very tight in terms of tactical. Uh, there's also that difference between, uh, you know, Neres. We can't. We found out that Neres was hurt and he couldn't play. And we're thinking, okay, who's going to play? And I remember that, that Cristiano tweeted off the uh, Benfica podcast account. What he would do is he would go with Auschwitz in the midfield as a, as a three-midfield setup. But the thing is that Auschwitz ended up 
playing a little bit more wide, uh, but closed into the midfield whenever he needed. He added on to that to that third line or to that three man line in the midfield whenever Benfica needed. Uh, but uh, it it provided for Benfica to match up a lot better with PSG in the second game than in the first game. Things were less a lot less open in the middle. Uh, there was more controlling over Vitinha, Verratti. Uh, also, uh, anytime that uh, that Neymar dropped in, there was somebody. Enzo made sure that he paid attention to him. So it was it, it was a lot more. Um, almost like a stalemate in terms of, uh, of of what the teams w- were doing to each other in that second game, but uh, yeah, but again, you know, I I can't help to think and, and to feel how uh, Benfica really really showed themselves at, at a good 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 performance, good level, uh, equal to themselves, uh, and and I think that's been um, the story this season is that uh, Benfica has developed an image, or Roger Schmidt has developed an image and an identity for this team. And I think the team, uh, the team has, has stayed true to itself regardless of who the opposition is. We see all the time teams coming into Stade de Luz, and even in years past, teams coming into Stade de Luz and completely changing the way they play so they could play against Benfica. And Benfica has done that in the past where they've changed little things here and there when they play this these more dominant teams that are that are favored, especially in Europe. But what we've been seeing is that we've been seeing a team that is very true to their identity and to their idea, regardless of who they play. Uh, and I think that if you're happy with this identity that this team has created and the style that this team plays, and then you see the team carry that identity and that style into Europe, you have to be happy uh, about you know, how this team has fared so far this, this season. And, and look, you, you look at this Champions League campaign and, and uh, obviously I, I think we still need to mathematically clinch it. But I think if you look at this campaign, you got to be feeling good about the te- how the team has performed. And you got to think that you beat Juve, you tied PSG twice. You have to be happy about the campaign. And it, w- it would only take... An, a, a, a catastrophe for Benfica not to make Europe or even the Europa League. But I think when you look back at this Champions League campaign this year, you, you're probably not getting a better feeling in any other year than this one in terms of how Benfica has performed in the Champions League. I don't know if that's what you feel, Christian. Yeah, when you take into consideration the way, the style of football that this team is is playing, when you take into consideration the fact you went into Torin and beat Juve at home, I look, I get it. They're not exactly the the '90s Juve that was going to you know to back to back Champions Leagues. I understand that, but they're still a team with a lot of fantastic players, and I know they're going through their own struggles. But hey, it is what it is. It's, yeah. it's, it's football. Uh, when Benfica was going through their struggles over the last few years, nobody took pity on us. So it is what it is. We're playing good. We're we're doing you know Benfica's doing what they have to do because the coaches get the boys ready, the people running the football club. I'm talking about in terms of on the pitch. I'm saying right, they know what they're doing, um, and I think Benfica should be applauded for that. It ain't it's you know you don't do your job, that's your fault. We're doing our job, and and Benfica's played two really good games 
against Paris Saint-Germain, who many people with Messi there now, whatever, especially for the second run, right? Having failed the first time around, many people tell you that they're right there as one of the favorites to win the whole Kaneku. And due to the fact that you go into Paris and, you know, in the span of, of seven days, you play Paris Saint-Germain twice and you draw both games. I think, look, it's it's been a fantastic, fantastic start here to the Champions League for Benfica. Um, I know we've had some good runs in the Champions League in years previous, but I think this is the first time Benfica's if I'm, I might be, I think I'm, I, I don't think I'm mistaken, but if I am, I apologize. That's what miss, you know, stats, Dave, here. Um, I think it's the first time they think it's 4 0. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Undefeated in the first four games in the Champions League, not 4 0, because they're 2 and 2. Um, having, you know, not lost, not having not suffered a, a defeat, I should say, four games into the Champions League, which is fantastic. And so um, I think they just have to worry about themselves. Obviously, next game, huge game at the start of the lose against Juventus. And then they got to go into Maccabi. And look, Juventus just lost at Maccabi. You know it's not going to be an easy place to play. So Benfica has to handle business at home. And if they don't, Alfred, like you said, it's going to be a catastrophe. But if Benfica can't handle their business at home, then you don't belong in a competition. Yeah. Well, they're saying that uh, it's echoing again, so we're trying to get a little fix in here. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, I think that is... Um, I found out the problem. You found it out. Uh uh how's it how's it working now? I think in that first game, Antonio Silva played really well. Florentino played well. Enzo Perez was a beast. Um he got lucky <laughs> with that step on Verati. I'm surprised yeah. that they didn't make a bigger thing out of it than what they did. You know, he's got a yellow. Um but yeah, man, you know. You could sit there and, and for that whole game, and I don't think, but go mal. You know what I'm saying? Everybody did what they had to do, and it's great to see what these guys are doing. It's great to see them building the, you know, the, the confidence, and you know, these guys are starting to believe with each passing game. And right now, I can't wait to see Benfica's next performance because you, I mean, if these guys aren't confident after going into Paris, and Pulling up, coming up with a draw again against Paris Saint Germain. If these guys can't get confidence out of yeah. that, I don't know what the yeah. hell they're going to get confidence out of. Yeah, no, I I agree. Look, and and now we're, the way we look at it, this is both PSG and, and us. We have eight points with them having uh, scored one one more goal uh, than us, and I think that's why they lead the group. Uh, but really, PSG really wants to be first in this group, which means that that game against Juve. And, and match day six, which we thought could have been a throwaway for PSG, now takes a, another level of importance, right? Because let's say Benfica loses points against Juventus and, and PSG gets points against Maccabi, PSG still needs to get those three points against Juve in the last game so they could tie up um, tie up the, the first place in the group. So No, but I... Yeah. Well, it depends. I mean, you uh, said unless it, it, we it, unless we tie Juventus, we lose. If Benfica loses to Juve and they tie, right? This is yeah, but yeah. Right. Look, it, look, it is it is what it is. I I just think that as a Benficaista, <laughs> you you need to be you, you kind of need to be proud of everything that's gone on and now the team has shown itself. I, I mean, if you're having conversations with your pals at at, at work about the Champions League, especially especially those. 
the uh, the gringos that have just tu- tu- turned into or tuned into the Champions League the past couple of years, you could have a, a decent conversation about Benfica because the well, team is showing well. Okay, we did, and I know I lost my train of thought in the minute, in the spurt, but so Paris Saint Germain ganhar o próximo jogo against Maccabi, Benfica loses, then they don't need the three points at the end; they just need a draw. That's where I was going. Right. That's where I was because I, I knew it wasn't. Yeah. Right. Whatever, At the end, they Benfica will just need a draw. They need yes. one point, then, so they can't. If lose. Benfica loses the next game and they win theirs, but again, don't forget, Paris Saint Germain was trailing to Maccabi at yeah. home in the first leg. Yeah. So Maccabi could could surprise teams, but look, we expect them to win the game. But regardless of what they do, Benfica has to handle their own business. And so, in terms of pressure, in terms of competitiveness, even in that last game. Let's say, you know, Benfica does go ahead and, and, and beat Juve at home, which I expect them to. Paris Saint-Germain beat Maccabi at home. Then obviously still on goal differential. At that time, Juventus is going to be fighting for their European life. Yeah. Right? They, so, it's so will Maccabi. But Juventus is not going to take that last game against Paris Saint-Germain. Lightly. But again, that's conversation for a couple of weeks from now. Right now, I think it's the yeah. focus on the next game. And I think the boys are doing a hell of a job, and it's good to see. It's good to see the fans traveling, supporting. But if you get Stade Lose was rocking, I think that's one of um, the loudest atmospheres at the Stade Lose that I've heard in quite some time. Uh, Roger Schmidt playing with the boys, like yeah, it's fantastic today. But I, I still think they could do better. So <laughs> it, it was good to see, man. It was just all in all, it was a good night. Uh, Benfica's, you know, wow, they're they're back on the platform. They're back um, to where they belong. Yeah, I, uh, Diogo, I, I don't even know if 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 Juventus is capable of taking points from PSG, to be honest with you. That club is just in disarray, and I think it's going to take a little bit of shaking up for them to turn it around, whether it's Allegri that, you know, that, that gets the, the chop or whatever. It's going to take something significant uh, for that team to turn it around. But, I, I, you know, as we stand here right now, I don't think that Juventus has the ability to beat PSG. I just don't. I just. I, I mean, I watched them against Maccabi, and they, you know, they're just not not there. They're the team is ready for for a change, and maybe it's Allegri that's the problem. But uh, turning yeah, our, Allegri, Allegri, yeah. the pre, the 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 noose has got to be getting tight around the neck because, you know, they they're just even in in in, in the city. Yeah, that's negative result after negative result. They just lost to Milan, and it's just you know. Um, they're going to have to try to right the ship at some time. And so yeah. I think their last way to salvage things is to come up, you know, with, with miraculous uh, results here in the Champions League. So that about sick up some of those guys, you know what I mean? It lifts them to, 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 to another level. But, yeah, right now as things stand, you know, Benfica stands in a very, very pretty position. Yeah. So turning our attention now to the Riwav game, which uh, basically split this Juvent- the Juventus, this PSG fixture. Um, Benfica played the uh, Riwav over the weekend. I'll give you the lineup. Vlaku- I'll give you the lineup only for one thing, right? Because usually we always see the same lineup with just a change here and there. But this lineup, Vlaco Dimo, Gilberto, Tony Silva, Tamendi, Ristich, Auschnitz, and Enzo, Enzo, João Mario, Draxler, Gonçalves, and Ramos. So something that we kind of had been. Gonçalves and Ramos. Gonçalves Ramos. Sounds like the same one guy. <laughs> so uh, we bless had kind you, of you, uh, we had kind of been thank you we had kind of been clamoring here you know when is the rotation going to happen and these guys could just keep going out but look you look at this 
at this lineup, first of all, you got Gilberto and Ristich, which which uh, are not starters. Gilberto lost a starting spot. Ausnes uh, also has not been a starter, so Tino got got the uh, rest, and then you got Draxler and, and Gonçalves also. So quite a, a lot of a lot of changes here by 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 Roger Smith, but but then again, I think this also speaks to the confidence that he has on players. And we have looked at the bench and said, well, maybe he doesn't have anybody on the bench that, you know, Benfica is not that deep. But when you see guys like Ristich, and, and granted, Ristich wasn't really um, challenged in terms of defensive the defensive play. He was very good on the offensive end. But keep in mind that I like he's, he's originally a, a wing, a winger. That's how he started his career, and then was was transitioned to a to a back. But uh, yeah, good showing from him. I think that Hausnitz every time he comes in, he's not disappointed. Solid, me. very. He's solid. not disappointed me. Uh, and then Gilberto is Gilberto. Gonçalves, <laughs> Gonçalves and Chiquinho, man. All right, that's just the, that's you know, it's one of those things that that, that sometimes you know you look and said. You got all these things going right, and then you got these. You know, it's like you 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 looking at a girl. Yeah, you see a girl at a club and this and that, and you look her up and down, Epa. and she looks fine. Then you look at her teeth, at her feet, and Epa. she got these bunions. Hey. It's like, oh, you know these But you could get, probably get past it, right? And I'm talking about when in our younger days. Now we don't Ascuras. do that. We Ascuras. don't do that type of shit. But uh, in our you know, you look at ah oh, man, I can look past that. But the thing is that every time Gonçalves and Chiquinho come in, I, I don't, I don't know, I, I just cringe. But it, it is what it is. We can't have a, a, a roster stacked up full of guys. There's going to be Gonçalves. There's going to be Chiquinhos also. Um, but again, getting back to the game, Benfica down, <laughs> Benfica down again. And and look, here's another thing in in that. I think it was Diogo Reis that that said this earlier, or either the Diogo or, or Nick, and I apologize if I'm mixing it up. In the past, if we had gone down to to teams, we always used to have this mental blockage or panic. Or we, bro. We're just panic. panic but now uh -huh. we were down against Juventus. Okay, we were down against PSG. Pasfreira. Yeah, we were got down against Riwav. We were down Vizella. against PSG, and we Vizella. came back. Uh huh. Which speaks to, and here's the thing: as we're watching these games, it's like I don't fear that the team can't react or that the team can't is not able to do something that will get back uh, the disadvantage that the, in, in which they're in, right? And it's just it's just so much easier to watch Benfica this year, this season, and and. I feel that I'm more relaxed because I know what the team is capable of. But being able to turn these results around, man, it's it's I don't know, it's great. But yeah, down in the sixth minute, then uh, one one thirteenth minute, two one in the nineteenth minute, and three one at the closing um, of the half. So Benfica responded quite well to Riwav. And hey, look, I got to give credit to Riwav. And I was talking to Cristiano before we came live that whenever teams come to Stadio Luz and they try to play eye to eye with Benfica, this is what happens. You know, if you're not parking the two buses and plus the school bus, 
you know, you you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna get found out. So Benfica came out of the gate, bro. It looked like it was gonna be one of those beautiful four, five, six nil games at the start of the lose. Ristich looking like Roberto Carlos in his heyday until he had to shoot that one ball from the Enzo Perez perfect pass over the defense, and then he put that. I think he hit the corner flag, and then on the ensuing goal kick, they score with their first shot on goal. The first time they come anywhere near our, yeah. our, our box, and they just left you scratching your head. But then you're like, okay, hey, these boys are different. Let's see what Rogers gonna do with these guys, and they just, yo, you know how it is when you try to dig a tunnel, bro. It's little piece by piece, and you just. Chipping away. Yep. Chipping away until you see some daylight. And that's exactly what Benfica did. And then look, let's not kid ourselves. They they got a huge gift. I don't think it was purposely, right? But they got a huge gift on the second goal with the goalkeeper. Uh, what's his name? Anthony. I forgot his name now. Rodolfi, Anthony. I forgot his name. Uh, Jonathan. 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 <laughs> Where you go from E to Jonathan? Because I'm trying to get, I think it was jo- Jonathan. Yeah, it was Jonathan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Um, he tried, bro. Do you understand how many times I've seen that play almost happen where the goalkeeper's getting the ball from his right and the goal stays back on his left. And he tries to control it, bring it to his left side and almost knocking it into his own goal. But fortunately for those guys, they always get to it and, and they're able to control it. But this guy, unfortunately, was a little bit too much pace on it. And it was one of those bloopers that you're going to see for the rest of time. As long as there's video, you're going to see that that goal right there in a, in a, in a goalkeeper blooper video. Uh, but nonetheless, Benfica still piled on the pressure, piled on the yeah. pressure. If it wasn't for that kid, Benfica could have scored four or five in the first half. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so. And, yeah. Yeah. And and that's exa- and, and people, you know, you're always going to hear, oh, you know, you bought the guy. But here's the thing, man. I'm looking at that play and if somebody wouldn't even do that on purpose. That just looks too much like of, of a blooper to even seem like something that somebody did on purpose. It yeah, just could have let too up. You could have let in one or the other. You could have let in one or the other easy, one or the other six great opportunities. Yeah, you're right. I let it in. But you're right. Let in. The uh, the dude after that, you went on to make some some unbelievable saves. Like you said, it could have been a much larger scoreline had he yep. not been 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 saving those balls. But shit, haters gonna hate and and anti's gonna say oh, what they want. You know? In Portugal, it's simple. Portugal, it's simple. It's not even worth wasting time on this because we know how it is. Anything Benfica does, it's just you know put under yeah. uma lupa and you know and, and and zoomed in whatever you want to call it, and everybody's gonna dissect it. So it's pointless. Look, the kid played a hell of a game. Benfica played a hell of a game. Um, I didn't comment yet because, uh, but you obviously mentioned that they they made five chances cha- uh, changes. I should say. I was ecstatic to see the manager do that. I don't know if I align with you in terms of it shows you the belief. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's some of that, but at the same time, bro, you can't keep running these guys into the ground and you're going to have to give these other guys a break at some point. You got very important games coming up against PSG. Yeah. You have to play these guys. And so I was like, olha. Rui Vitoria, put the paper front, the mouse at the head, You know what I mean? And, and it worked out. And it worked out. The only sour note for me, I would say, and he had some good moments, but it's still the lack of of intensity, the lack of game readiness that we've seen so far from Draxler. Yeah, that's the only negative so far for me. Yeah. 
I think that or, uh, or in that game, I should say in the first, then he got subbed we're, off. We're, but he did. He had moments. He had moments. Okay, you can tell when the guy's about his feet. There's class there. There's yeah. tremendous amount of ta- of talent. But then there's just everything else. Yeah. Sometimes he looks a little bit too hesitant. He's going to need to get that quick, that first step back, that confidence. That just you know when you're when you're on top of your game, you're not thinking, bro. You're just reacting. Yeah, and you, he's still thinking it out right now. But you see the touch. You see the the. The passing lanes that he finds, you know, it, it's all there. But like you said, it, it's it's he, he's still in a different speed. And it, Talk about confidence, else. right? We talked about we talked for so much about how this club is confident how they're playing. He he's clearly hasn't found his confidence. Yeah. So anyway, uh, talking about uh, upcoming games, we got uh, we got Taça de Portugal this uh, upcoming oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Saturday against. Uh, we're gonna travel over to. Caldas da Rainha to play uh, locals there. Uh, Saturday, um, October 15th. Saturday, October 15th um, at 3.45 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time if you're in uh, if you're in the United States. Mas espera aí. Tenho uma pergunta, man, because I'd be confusing myself. Vai lá. I thought the cocks were in Gil Vicente. Cock? No, but... <laughs> the cocks, but the cocks, the cocks... The Gauls. The Gauls. Cocks. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. But so Cal- what kind Cal- of cocks the are these? Re- these are roosters? These No, these are real cocks. Yeah, our, cha- our chat has just been, has, has just been uh, inundated hey, by, uh, okay, by some spot. spam. Can I, can I block this person or no? Probably. No, that, but yo, they're listening to us. Tinder hot dates. Hey, Mal, hey, yo, they're listening to us. NSA. Who's or NSA? NSA? You said Cox, bro. Cox. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple times. Totally shut contigo. Yeah, I don't. I'm not on uh, YouTube. So We're I talking can't... about the gals. As you'll be sent. These guys talking about Tinder. Thumbs leash shots, Tinder. man. Yo. Yeah, somebody, so a bot just invaded our our chat. But regardless. But anyway, hey, uh, that, yo, it's the first time this happened to me. So like, <laughs> this is a real thing. So, yeah, you hey. think you heard talk about Cox and and that's where where it came from. Epa, you want to spot up? They're gonna spam us some more, bro. Uh, Play the yoga. Appreciate you, the yoga. Yeah, but hey, here's the thing. Uh, I didn't know that. Um, um, actually, nobody really knew whether or not we we're gonna play at the uh, at the Campo Grande uh, field, which is the Colors de Reina field. And they said that might have been moved, but apparently, the club went out and um, the club went out and uh, and replaced the grass. They re- yeah. they resodded yeah. the grass, and uh, and apparently uh, the police also did uh, uh, an examine, you know, on the grass, kind of <laughs> kind of a report because there was some safety concerns. So they did some assessment of of the the stadium. Uh, and um, and yeah, we're ready to go. The game will be played. My, my my concern is, bro. The game's what Saturday. The game is Saturday. Yesterday was Tuesday, right? I saw pictures of them installing yeah, it but, yesterday. Yeah, but I, I was thinking the same thing. How does how is grass gonna it's not come down? To, that it's not quick? going exactly. It's not. You remember watching the sporting games, and every time you step, they take like a carpet, a piece of carpet with them of grass. That's what it's going to be because the roots aren't going to have a chance to grab on to the dirt, to the soil. 
So this is this is one of the games Benfica, you know, hopefully they rest a lot of guys and and the secondary guys will be able to, to, to you know to handle the business. But that being said, pa, this is one of them games on the type of surface that can cause tremendous injuries. You get what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. That that's so it's, when yeah. it's not rooted properly and there's a little bit of give. Uh, oftentimes there, there's there's problems. So I don't I don't know. Cesar Cesar the Silva saying come to Mata, it can hold up to eleven thousand people. I mean, yeah, tremendous. That's awesome. It, it's really nice. I seen I think I seen pictures. It's a big field, you know, a big stadium, I should say. But uh, but yeah, but the grass, the field, you know, that that's that's obviously a huge concern. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But then uh, after that, we play on Saturday and Friday. Um, we have Porto, and we'll have some 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 time to talk about Porto. But shit, looking at um, at that game, I'm I'm not sure how Benfica is going to approach this Porto fixture. And I, we have some time to talk about it. Obviously, we mean they're not sure they're going to approach it to win it. I, that's and that's it. The, and that's the thing. In in how many in years past, how many times have you thought, uh, yeah? But it's I'm like. I'm like really, really confident about the way the team is going to approach uh, this game against Porto. And like I said, we're, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves by talking about this game. But still, uh, I think if the team keeps going the way they're going, I think this should be uh, an easy one. Anyway, Cristiano. Rivalry games are never easy, Alfredo. It's going to be a tough game, but the way that Benfica has played and... And, and obviously our rivals have struggled at points of the season so far. They got slapped by Bruges. They got slapped by Riwav. So obviously you got confidence in that aspect. But again, Porto Benfica, Sporting, when those three teams play, man, you know, records throw them out the window. I recall being here on a podcast, you, myself, and Steve. Steve's still around. And Benfica was absolutely, um, you know, uh, in control of the Campeonato. They have been playing, you know, really well in the previous weeks and Porto was having a dismal year to end the season and they're going to start to lose Casillas stands on his head and they beat us um again those games rivalry games Alfredo you throw records yeah. out the window throw momentum out the window because those games some games by who wants it more bro right I'm I'm curious to see under Schmidt what the approach will be and then what the team's attitude will be that's all I, again I, th I think Benfica and Roger Schmidt uh, Benfica led by Roger Schmidt. Uh, Alfredo, if you have to guess or you still don't know how Benfica is going to approach this game, you haven't been paying attention. They just went into Paris. And, they, yes, they defended for big parts of the game, but they had to because Paris had the ball on their feet. But Benfica wasn't afraid to come out of their own, you know, their own uh, – uh, third and with the ball at their feet and try to control the game. And they did at times, they, they created some great opportunities. They, you know, obviously not as much in the second game as they did in the first game. But again, that's the attitude. Roger Schmidt, uh, Roger Schmidt's going to want to come out and put it on the opposition. He's going to try to put the pressure on the opposition because if Benfica are able to walk away with the three points, there's going to give him a lot of breathing room. So, I, and he wants to send the message as well. He wants to send the message that. We're not afraid of anybody. We're going to come into your house and play you out of eye. And that's the only way I expect Benfica to play under Roger Schmidt early on here. Obviously, everything could blow up and go up in smoke. And all of a sudden, Roger Schmidt is, you know, pulling that strings and hoping that the patch a bunch of holes, you know, in that lineup. But right now, 
I mean, the only indication that I have, Alfred, is that Roger Schmidt's going to go out there to win the game yeah. and see what happens. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And again, we'll, we'll have time to discuss that. Uh, but in the meantime, I think that's all we got. Uh, yeah. Let's see what happens in this uh, Portuguese Cup game. I think that there'll be definitely some rotation. I mean, we're talking about a Campeonato Nacional team. We're not even talking second division. But um, I'm, I'm, Here's a question. Here's a question before you go. Before we go. Before we go. Talk about rotation, right? Uh, Vrissuma has been practicing for a little while now. João Vitor seems to be back. Do those guys play? I think that João Vitor is probably closer to being okay. in game shape than Vrissuma is. I'll be curious. Because I think Henrique Araujo will play. One of them, them, traveled. Will play. One of them traveled to France. I think it was uh, João Vitor. Okay. That traveled to France, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so, because it know. would suck. Right now, Benfica, uh, Brooks. I forgot about Brooks. So, Brooks and João Vitor. Sup, Cindy? Yeah, I don't Shut know. Up right we, on time, right before we're leaving. <laughs> I don't know if we uh, if we make any change, uh, you know, drastic changes in the back. But, yeah, why not? Why not give Brooks some time and João Vitor some time? Let those guys uh, be out there. And if look, if there's a problem with the with no, the look, Valu, if they're ready to go, <laughs> if they're ready to go, I'll well, they go right back to where they've been. Yeah. Uh, no, but if, if these guys are ready to go, this is a perfect opportunity to throw them out there, and you know, knock off some of the rust. Uh, you can't play a silver, you can't play Otamendi. You're gonna have to give these guys a breather at some point. Um, the other, the only other option right now that's healthy is Brooks. Yeah. So I like to see if João Vitor is ready. I like to see that leave Otamendi or leave the kid Antonio Silva on the bench, Gilberto on the right, Ristich on the left, uh, Elton Milk in goal uh, in the middle yeah. of the park. That's I don't know Arsenal's and I don't know who else. I think that Milk is Milk is definitely going to start. Milk will definitely play. Chiquinho will play. Lima, uh, Lima, Jesus Christ, Pinho. Rouge, I don't know what the hell happened to Rouge. I mean, so many high expectations for this kid. The sky's the limit, and it seems like he's been discarded by Roger Schmidt. Um, I guess it's the one negative. Well, uh, he's, so been, far he's here. been playing for the B, and if there's if there's any indication after Pino was starting for the B, he started showing up more and featuring more games. So maybe that's what Enrico Rouge is, is getting set up for right now. But Oh, I forgot about Musa. I mean, then again, yeah, I but think if, you, if you think I about they, it, I wish they forgot about Musa is probably going to get the start. Either Musa or Pino Musa. will get the start. Musa is the one that should be playing on a B team and give the kid Rouge an opportunity. <laughs> uh, Brian Peters is asking, are we switching to a three back? No uh, way. Th three at the back. Right, uh, right, uh, oh, I was going to call you Roger. Brian, I just finished telling you that no, I did it. Because, yeah, there's three guys healthy. Otamendi. <laughs> Never mind. I was going to yeah, say, no, I, have I two, don't think. But that, I forgot about um, Brooks. Yeah, I don't I, think that's I don't think happen. we will go. And again, uh, nah, all you guys know that we went to a three back setup because we needed to find a way to to, to start getting on the field. But I don't think that's the case, man. I think that uh, we're going to remain true to our identity, to our model, to our game idea, and to our formation. I don't think there's going to be changes of that kind. All right, so go ahead. Before we go. Before we go. Give, give go ahead. Give it a stat. Your 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 projected eleven. My my uh, my projected in eleven. I'm yep. gonna go with uh, Elton Milk, uh, Gilberto. Uh, I'm gonna Gilberto go Gilberto Carlos. Gilberto. Uh, yeah. Look, I think that uh, why not? 
João André Almeida, you're gonna see André Almeida. João Vitor, <laughs> João Vitor, and, uh, <clears throat> and Brooks. Reese Teach on the left. Teach. Okay, Why so not? far we're good. So far we're uh, good. I'm thinking Auschwitz. And I, need, I, I wish we had other options. play Auschwitz in this game. We do, but we don't. Florentino. Hey, maybe uh, what's that? Uh, Martin Neto. Uh, not Martin Neto. The other. Uh, kid that disappeared off the face of the earth uh bernardo paul bernardo maybe you'll see paul bernardo i just think i think it's too much of a, a change to go with that many guys i think we'll see auschwitz and Fiorentino. florentino then we'll see we'll definitely see chiquinho and gonzalves on the wings and we'll see um musa and uh and uh Arouge. that's it or pino that's it man chega, pa. oh no there's one more because you're gonna go yeah, yeah. sorry so Gonçalves and Chiquinho, and then Musa and uh, and Pinho, or Musa and Araújo. I think that's good. That's that's a good lineup to play against Caldas. Yeah, I forgot about Paul Bernardo. Also, he disappeared off the off the face of the earth. I forgot about him last year. Yeah, <laughs> I think that Paul. Ever since he he had that one breakaway where he goes he goes to shoot the ball and he he just kicked the grass and there was. It's another blooper reel moment. I think that was he was done after that. I don't think he's played another minute. Nah, I, I think he was done before that, Alfredo. But they kept trying to force, you know, trying yeah. to force a key into a key knob that doesn't fit. That's that's one of those. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Nick. I don't know. I think he might he might be a little bit um, higher level than the B team. But you're right. I, I would agree. Non digas isso. Yo, non digas isso num picado. Our friend from Benfica. Oh, Paul Bernard. Paul Bernard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, here's the thing. I, Benfica has one loan spot, one domestic loan spot to be filled that was left open on purpose just in case we have to do something in um, in the transfer January. window. So the, Not transfer, in the winter well, window. Right. It's still January. a transfer window. It's just a winter window. Yeah, Right, but that, that's yeah, the thing. We um we kind of have that spot, and, and I don't know. I think that depends on who Benfica brings in, because think about it. If Benfica brings in another forward, how many forwards do we need? You only have one now. <laughs> well, one. Rose goes back to the B team. Pino goes back to being the third stringer. Musa could go fishing on the weekends, and you bring in a new guy. And what about Ramos? Says the Silva saying Bernard's on the B team right now and he's playing pretty well. Yeah, Ramos, I told I, you. I, I, I watched get, him playing with that beautiful white shirt. If I could get a bona fide striker, right? If you could get a bona fide striker, who who which guy do you loan out? You don't have to loan out. You just send but you send the uh because then you, you have you send Enrique back to the B team. You I have the bona fide, right? You got Musa. You got Ramos, don't count. you got Pinho, and you got Araujo. Five yes, guys Araujo. for one spot. Araujo goes back to the B team. Okay? The bona fide guys is starting. It has to wanna, be a starter. I, look, look, that's worst case scenario, right? We're hoping that we're in January and Gonzalo Ramos is really developed and took the next step, right? Because that that'd be the ideal, right? Let's say he's still having his difficulties on the scoring end and Benfica wants a little bit more assurances, a guy that gives you more guarantees. You get a bonafide guy. Rumbles will be my second guy and rotate. You know, they're the two guys that play with regularity. Um, Binho will be my third guy. 
Musa will be the fourth, I guess. And uh, you start and, you start Pinu over uh, Rouge right now. I'm, I'm look. I like well, Pinu. But, but I think going Pino, by the way it's been going, yeah, he's been starting over and over. Yeah, for sure. yeah. I, I I think out of all of them, Pinu might with his feet and able to link up play. He's really good at that. Yeah. Right? But man, I would like to to give Araujo all the rope I could give him. Yeah. I like to see what we have there. Yeah. I, I really would. Have I really him, would like to see what Have him get the same amount of chances that uh, Gonzalo Ramos got. Um, Nick Villadon saying, speaking of loan uh, spot, how about Thiago Vea? I would love to bring him back in, in January. I think there's been a lot of talk on the, on the internet, on Twitter and so on, on social media, about how Thiago Vea would be a much a much better replacement uh, for Gonçalves or Chiquinho. And apparently he's doing really well, but uh, I, I don't know. It, it, those return home in the, in the middle of the season, I think that those are usually when a club is really, really desperate to fill a gap that a player's gotten out on injury. I don't think that Benfica is terminating uh, any loans halfway through, especially. You, they when, shouldn't. They no. should Look, and no. if the kid's having a good season, let him finish yeah, out. Exactly. If he's not going to come back and get regular playing yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. There's no point. You're going to stagnate him. Let him go. So, and again, just hope that he really plays. So next season you bring him back and you give the kid an opportunity to make the main squad. There's no point yeah. in pulling someone out to just have him there and then be a backup on the bench and playing 10 minutes every other week. That yeah. that makes no point. No sense, I should say. Yeah. Cesar Silva saying we yeah. need a winger, not a striker. Yeah, at the Cesar, moment. you missed our conversation Cesar, in the, in the beginning you, of the podcast. I love you, Cesar. I love you, Cesar. I love all you guys in the chat and guys and gals. I love everybody. You know me. But, I mean, come on. Like, the yeah. are, what is it? I just, I don't, I don't, I don't see what, I don't know. But, but here's the thing that the conversation that we we had earlier on the podcast, Cesar, and, and I'm sorry that you didn't, didn't make it on time when we started. And obviously, we, we're not that consistent in terms of starting time. But our conversation was seeing how the team played against PSG during those two fixtures. We said that if we had a guy that was a better finisher, that would put away chances, that would put away one in three chances, that we would really be a team to be taken seriously in a Champions League. We're not saying that, that Ramos sucks and we need to get rid of yeah, Ramos. Yeah, not at all. Not what at we're all. saying is that it would be an upgrade on this team if we had a guy with that level. But... The argument that I made here is that maybe Rams fits so well in this team because he's so good in the press and the work. So anyone that we need that we bring in, in in January couldn't be just any other striker. It would have to be a guy that is a finisher and that could also um, press and have the work rate. So we're not saying that we, we we desperately need a striker, but I think that a striker would take us to the next level in terms of European competition. For the Tugon, I, I don't think we have to worry much about that. I think that we're, we're well served in terms of forwards. But in Europe, if we were to go far, uh, and obviously we, we're very happy and we've already spoken about the posture of the team against against PSG um, these two, uh, across these two fixtures, 
I think that it would be an upgrade if we could have a guy that with that type of quality. That's all we're saying. And we were even said if Darwin had been, and you mentioned if Darwin had been there, since you mentioned Darwin, if Darwin had been there, we probably win both of these fixtures against PSG. No doubt. Yeah, that's it. That's all we're saying. But it's you know the other thing is that it's not it's not uh, Gonzalo Ramos' first year. You're saying Darwin had a terrible first year as well. That's Ramos got a lot of games under his legs. And then look, we're we're not shitting on the kid. We're yeah, just we're saying that if there's an upgrade to be had and to take the team to the next level in terms of European competitions, you'd be the one. Anyway. Bro, the thing is this. The thing is this, man. We gotta at the same time, I, I get it. We like these players. We're trying to develop some of these players. We we hope that some of these players take the next step. I, I get it. I truly understand. I comprehend it perfectly. But at the same time, guys, let's not forget, right, that we need to worry about right now also. And it, it's easy for you guys to turn around, for anyone to say, well, right now we're winning. We're in first place. We haven't lost a game yet. And everything's perfect. But at some point, there's going to be controversy, right? I mean, I don't care what team you are. You don't just breathe through a season. Or not breathe. I'm sorry. Breeze. <laughs> Stupid. You, you don't just breeze through a season. Right, you're gonna have some hiccups along the way. We hope not. Whatever club, whatever club anyone roots for, whomever it may be, you hope that your club never goes through those difficulties. But, but, but you know, you have to be realistic. At some point, they're gonna come. You know, they're gonna arrive. And so Benfica has to make sure that when the going gets tough, they have guys that have the ability to put the ball in the back of the net. Because as I stated before. And I, and I walked away, Alfredo. Now, I, I, I got to hear some of what you said, but I didn't hear it all. I don't know if you repeated it, uh, what we said earlier. But in these big game situations, you're going to have one, one and a half, if that even makes sense, right? One and a half opportunities a game. And you have to put that opportunity away because that is the difference between winning and losing. And right now, I don't have the confidence that Gonzalo Ramos is there yet. That's not to say he won't get there tomorrow, but I'm talking about today, right? And I, I think that's the one weakness. Well, there's two weaknesses on this team. More depth and the clear week The clear week is you need a matador. We don't have that right now, right? In Gonzalo Ramos, there's times where he looks like a world beater, right? He scores a hat trick because the guy does not stop. And those are all things that we should, as Mifikistas, be proud of and applaud him for and, and makes us all fans of the kid, right? Because of his attitude, his never-say-die attitude. It's brilliant to watch. But, you know, there's times, again, as the first match against Paris Saint-Germain, he gets that one ball from, from Antonio Silva, and he's naive enough to not even put his body in front and just lets Marquinhos get to get to where he needs to get to in order to interfere and make him as uncomfortable as possible. When he attempts that shot on goal, he rushed it. And those things, he's young. He's going to get better. Nobody's saying he's not going to get better, but it's about right now. And so there's going to be those big moments, those big games that you need a guy to go there. And that one opportunity, Alfredo, you got to bury it. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Yep. All right, everyone. We're going to, we're going to head on out of here. Um, Next week we'll be back. We'll we'll recap this college game and we'll look ahead to the to the yeah. Porter Dave game. will be back too. Dave will be back. Dave uh, Dave went to watch some wrestling, and we laughed at him. Backyard wrestling or actually like WWF? I don't know. What? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah. he's wrestling with his girlfriend, and then he just told us he went to watch wrestling. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but anyway, 
Um, thanks, thanks, thanks a lot uh, for all you guys that were in the chat and animated chat for those yes, of you sir. who were here on time and the ones that showed up a little later. Is the thought that counts and and, and showing up that counts also? Um, let's see. One last question. One last thing from from says that I agree. However, uh, if he puts those chances away, uh, would have would have been winging it that he's going to next season and like he all nervous with it. I don't know. I don't know what he what he just said. Meaning that if he puts away all those chances, right, he'd be on his way out the door next year and we'd all be nervous like we are about Enzo, right? Because we know the way he's been playing, that team's aligning up. We got Enrique Rouge, dude. Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Love you guys. See you, everyone. Take it easy. See you guys next time. Later.